Hello, hello, hello. We're just two world dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, boom, boom. my friend. Dude. Your your voice is sounding especially deep this morning. Uh, <laughs> when you came in yes, on that intro, uh, I was thinking, wow, radio mode, Josh. What's up? Yeah, that's, that's my new voice. I'm going for it. Like, I want... <laughs> I want that deep, sexy voice. I just felt like our podcast was missing something in the deep, sexy right. voice. Uh, what's his name? Right. Who's the voice actor that like is known? I don't know, uh, man. I have no idea. He was in. Um, he was in not Sandlot. Um, Field of Their Dreams. He was like the audio announcer and like the the. Uh, I think he's the one that did like the narration throughout the thing. Gosh, I can't remember mm. his name. I don't know, man. I, I gotta tell you face. a secret. I'm horrible at actors' names. Like horrible. I am too. Honestly, because I like, just let me tell you all the things about them. Yeah. I'm like, I can tell you about the movie. I can tell you about the main character. I can tell you about that. But uh I just don't really care what the actors' names were in general. I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess uh it's just not my my calling, you know, is Hollywood Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Dude, how's your week uh, going? I feel like yeah. I feel like it's been it's been a long time. Like when the when the intro started playing, I was like, man, when's the last yeah. time I heard the intro? <laughs> we missed a week. That was my bad. That was my bad. Actually, so we went camping over the weekend, which was awesome. Um, but James Earl Jones. Weekend. That's what I was thinking. James Sorry. <laughs> you got excited there. Uh, you might want to turn your mic down just a little bit. People, uh, you you don't know it. I only know it because Josh told me, but he reorganized his office and uh, moved his mic and did all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, your, your mic was peaking a little bit. But I was cool. going to say we missed a week because of me. Uh, it was my fault. Uh, I take full ownership of it. Josh had a busy week, too. But on top of just normal work, busyness, and life, uh, we were prepping to go camping and uh, and left like Friday morning. Um, so, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, anytime we could grab was like get the camper ready, pack the things, get the groceries we need, all that stuff. So we did have a good trip, though. We got to hang out with my parents at this cool park in Pennsylvania called Ohio Pile, P-Y-L-E, Ohio Pile. And uh, it was awesome, man. It was like epically blue turquoise water. Um, these really, a couple really big rivers. We did a, a hike next to like three different rivers and a couple waterfalls and all this stuff. It was, it was awesome. So I want to go back to that place at some point. And uh, yeah, man, if you ever come visit PA, we might need to go there and catch some trout, you know, make it happen. I see. What was like the biggest highlight from the trip? Ah, uh, the biggest. Okay. The biggest highlight we, so it was a, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday trip, but like part day, Friday, part day, Sunday. So Saturday was like the big day. Um, and I almost say Friday night watching Catherine, my oldest daughter roast to marshmallow for the first time in her life. Cause that was awesome. Oh, um, cool. but, um, Saturday, our, yeah, Saturday, the hike was just like really epic and uh, and really fun. And watching my one year old daughter, she was like exhausted, like really needed a nap and rode in the carrier for the whole time. 
But dude, she was having so much fun that she just stayed awake until the last chunk of the hike where she like had to pass out. But yeah, man, it was just like so good to get out and stretch and do a big hike. It was like over six miles that we went and uh, and it was awesome. So yeah, man, lots of highlights actually. But first marshmallow and big hike uh, were the top two for me. Yeah. Nice. Good old marshmallows. I'm like one of those guys that like, I I love the idea of a good marshmallow. And then you (laughs) have one and you're like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, It's not, it's not quite to the level of like popcorn. Popcorn is one of those things that like always disappoints me. Um, what where it smells I amazing you're like this can be so good and then you, you eat serious? popcorn and you're like it never lives up to its smell it's just <sighs> eh at best dude yeah, that is messed that's up me. that's really messed up that you feel that way about popcorn i'm sorry for you because you make your like, I... own homemade popcorn yeah yeah but aldi also has this white cheddar popcorn that's like amazing it's like comes in a bag and that's been that's been a staple at our house recently um, but yeah, man, ma- sometimes we make our own popcorn on the stove and, uh, lots of butter and salt and sugar is like the combo. Those two together on popcorn sugar. is really what's up. Yeah, man. Yeah. But we're like, Jana and I both could eat like a very large bowl of popcorn. Cause once we have it, we just keep going, you know, it's, uh, it's delicious. That's what's up. Hmm. Yeah, I've never, I always like, I always see popcorn in the supermarket and you're like, oh, I could make my own and then I'll buy it and then I never do. It just sits in my pantry. Man. But, yeah, well, I'm sad for you, popcorn man. Fam. Sad for you. Uh, you know, I'll eat popcorn sometimes at a movie theater, but not usually. Hmm? You know. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just nice. lame like that, I guess. I'm just not cool yeah. enough to have popcorn <laughs> dreams and caviar wishes. so well this is a great moment to bring up our newest sponsor for this jesus life podcast which is popcorn dreams and caviar wishes um it's the first ever company to bring you caviar popcorn and uh that is the popcorn josh tried it's terrible but we get a kickback so you know go to it might not be bad i'm pretty sure caviar is like pretty sure it's like super salty so they might they might actually go together i'm not sure probably a little fishy though, if you're too, out there listening think. you're like you know what i love me some caviar popcorn <laughs> um i would like to know i just like how'd you try it for the first time like why'd you think to yourself yeah right more caviar in my right. popcorn yeah. <laughs> i just feel like one is really expensive and one is not and you're just putting them it's yeah. just like that just just a position you're That's just like right. yeah uh, reaching out to my my rich, my rich person, you know, parts of my body, and then my, you know, cheap person parts of my body, or however that works. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's funny, dude. dude Andrew, what, what have yes. we been talking about recently, bro? We've been having conversations. Uh, we've had seven conversations, and the the series uh, that we've been calling conversations is actually like a couple purposes. One. We were trying to, to intentionally model like this is a good way to build real relationships with other people uh, because Josh and I both believe like if you're going to reach people with the Lord, if you're going to get them to want to have a relationship with God, 
you probably need to know them pretty well for them to to want that. Um, aside from that, aside from just building a relationship with people, these same skills, questions, tools, conversations are are great things to have uh, in your prayer prayer life with God. Like by better connecting with people, you'll you'll be able to better connect with God. So. Um, yeah, man, we're this week we're we're talking about maybe the least fun subject we've covered uh, so far. Um, so yeah, man, we get to talk about shame. Uh, let's talk about shame and why it's uh, why it's super fun. You know, no, not really why it's super fun, but yeah, this conversation really is going to be about about us and about shame and. Uh, just headline, if you haven't listened to our podcast and you're jumping in here, um, these conversations are actually meant to be in like one-on-one settings or one-on-two, like very small groups. They're supposed to have high level of trust and vulnerability in them, as well as confidentiality of like, I'm sharing this with Josh. It's not going anywhere else, but there's one curveball in that we're on a podcast right now. So Josh and I are trying to model this publicly as best we can. Uh, we're going to be intentional in all these conversations to not share things about other people that we don't have, you know, uh, approval to share um, or consent to share. So we'll we'll do our best to be vulnerable, but we might tone it back at places just because, you know, this is a public setting. And uh, if Josh and I were talking just one on one, we wouldn't uh, tone it back at all. But uh, we're talking in a pretty public podcast. So thanks for listening. And uh, Josh, you want to add add anything to that about what we're about to talk about with shame? Or do you think we should dive in? No, I say we... uh, Well, maybe before we dive in, because the questions don't actually get here. Um, Yeah. I think it's important to know, if if you're a follower of Jesus, meaning you recognize um, that... Um, Jesus was the son of God, lived a perfect life. Um, you were a sinner in need of salvation. And Jesus was um, the gift towards that. Um, he was a sacrifice to restore relationship. Um, and if, if that's where you're sitting in the midst of that, what Jesus did on the cross took care of your shame. Like you shouldn't feel shame. Um, you should feel guilty when you do something wrong and, and make it right with people. But shame is a different story. Um, guilt guilt says you did something wrong shame says um you are wrong um like i am wrong like i'm the issue uh in the situation um like it attacks your identity um is is a shame and i think the enemy is really good at um playing these games with you um i think man probably more than most things in your life shame is the stumbling block that keeps you from ever getting to the places that jesus wants you to go um, because you don't think you're worthy. You don't think whatever the shame lie is that's, that's being thrown at you. Um, and you get in these weird spirals that you just feel like you can never get out of. Um, or you get to these places where you think you could never be the real you with people if, because if they knew the real you, um, they wouldn't like you. Um, like you get into the, all, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy cycle that, that you want to. Um, be aware of. So as we talk about these things, we're not going to get super deep into necessarily conquering shame. Um, 
and how to do it. Um, that's a conversation that you should definitely have with Jesus if you feel these things coming on. But we are going to talk about the uh, message of shame in our own lives uh, and kind of how it shows up. Um, we prayed before the podcast for God to give us something because yeah, my brain works this way. Things I don't like, I don't think about. Um, and shame is one of those things I just I don't like, so I typically yeah. don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, and in this case, we uh, kind of need to think about it. So we have something to talk about and share. Great. But yeah, I think Perfect. that's, unless you have anything else to add to the shame conversation, but you know, Jesus took care of it on the cross. Uh, Hebrews 12, two says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfect of our faith, uh, who's the joy, uh, who for the joy was set um, before him to endure the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, yeah. Is always a good one to remember, but yeah, shame, shame, shame doesn't play any games uh, in our mm-hmm. in our Christian faith. And I think when it starts to attach to our identity, um, we we actually pull back from people um, not not achieving or experiencing the full growth that Jesus has for us. Yeah, yeah, man. One okay. Uh, I know we have a few questions we'll go into, but I just wanted to bring it out up. Uh, quick there's like in christianese you know there's there's we talk about conviction i feel convicted too you know that's like a legal word of like a judge convicts someone of a crime um in the same way we kind of use it in in the church of like i feel convicted by um and and really like the way i view feeling convicted is like man I did wrong and I know I did wrong and the Holy spirit is leading me to feel convicted, like feel guilty almost not, not to feel guilt, but to feel like, man, I know I did something wrong. Uh, I know that was sin that I, that I did. And I, I got to make it right. You know, like that's the next natural step. It could be guilt when you feel convicted. Yeah. Yeah. It could be guilt. You're right. But, uh, but I think there's a huge difference between feeling convicted and feeling shame uh, because like conviction is like I did wrong uh, and I know I need to make it right. Uh, I sinned and I know I need to to make it right as best I can. But but I think the back the thing in the back of your mind is like, but I'm already forgiven. Like, I know I'm forgiven, but I need to make it right. I need to not do that again. I need to. um you know, lean in with God and, and figure out how to get my heart changed or, or focus on getting my heart changed. So I don't just keep doing that same thing again and again. Um, and at the meantime, I need to make it right with the people that I hurt, um, when I was sending, you know, with that Mm -hmm. shame on the other hand is just like this brow beating of like, no, you didn't just do wrong. You are wrong. Like you are bad. You, you should feel bad. You suck. Uh, you'll never get better. Um, and I, you shouldn't even try. Just wallow in your wrongness. You know, that's that's more how I think about shame um, is like a voice of like, no, you didn't do bad. You You are bad and you won't get better. You should feel ashamed. You should stay where you are. Uh, it's like a, a brow beating and a beat down at all at once. And for me, when that those things are happening, it's usually in my mind. It's usually not people saying those things out loud to me because those are harsh things to say to somebody. 
Um, but I think shame comes a lot more from uh, from Satan, like trying to beat us down and keep us down. Mm-hmm. And conviction or even maybe some guilt comes from the Holy Spirit of like, hey, here's a flag. This is something that, that you need to deal with. This is something you shouldn't ignore. Um, shame is just you are bad. You aren't worthy uh, of God. You aren't worthy of, of these things. You shouldn't try. Uh, you suck. Basically, that's how I would describe shame. What did that spark anything, or you you have any thoughts between the the difference? Because I, I just feel like it's important to make sure. I don't know. It's important for me to draw a line between like righteous conviction and shame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I I essentially said the same thing earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening. I was listening, sort of, uh, but I was also like having that thought in my mind. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Josh. And I, uh, I thought it was funny. We're having a great conversation. I was like, I'm just gonna let him go. I think, uh, I, think I think it should be repeated twice. <laughs> well, that is this episode of this Jesus Life podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> ah, that's funny, man. Well, well and I aligned. think too, like shame yeah. is shame is talked about a lot. Um, but it's not but it's not talked about at the same time like we talk about it in generalities i think a lot in the church um, especially in women's ministries you know you hear women you know speakers talk on the topic pretty regularly um, but we don't talk about like the nitty gritty of it and how do you deal with it and overcome it um and we don't push through and i think too this is where those like this is where feeling vulnerable, feeling exposed inside a relationship starts to come to play is because you, you've got to talk about it. Like you've got to let it out. And essentially that's, that's what we're doing with this conversation today is, is we're talking about the shame messages that, that we believe uh, from time to time um, or all the time, depending on you know what it may be. So I think there's that piece of it too, that like, you've got to find trusted friends. You got to be talking about with Jesus first. Um, you got to find trusted friends uh, that love Jesus and love you in that order um, and talk about these things with them as well. And this is where relationship feels exposing uh, more than anything else. I, I think it's the shame message that we're believing that makes us feel exposed inside of relationship um, that we have to start fighting through. Because I'm telling you, like, yes, Jesus leads the sanctification process, the growth of you to become who he's called you to be, um, the change of your character, your ability to to love people better, um, to love uh, God uh, deeper. But to do those things, like, you've got to get over your yourself, right? Like, um, if yeah. you're believing shame messages, your identity is attached to those things, which means you're never going to be able to love people genuinely well. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to come because you don't feel safe. Um, and this is why these, I think these conversations are important is to feel safe. You've got to deal with the sh- shame messages. And when I say you've got to de- like, Jesus is going to do the work of dealing with those things. Um, but yeah. you got to be the participant in the, in the midst of that, um, to yeah. talk through those things and share those things with Jesus and then start to get comfortable about sharing those things, um, with those in, in your circles of, of trust and relationship. Um, so they know who you are and, and kind of where you've been. Um, but you know, the more you can bring these things out into the light, the less power that these things have over um, you and, and your ability to interact and love people well. Yeah. But I think we've, we've nailed, we've, we've yeah. hit it into the ground as much <laughs> as we possibly can. We did it twice. 
uh, which is fantastic. Uh, but let's yeah. get to the first question, Andrew, and I'm going to throw it to you because hopefully you have an answer to it. Cause I'm yeah. Still, thanks, man. I don't have one. <laughs> thanks. Uh, well, uh, well, what is one particular, <laughs> one particular shame message that you've experienced or believed? It doesn't be just say in, uh, in five minutes, Josh will repeat back the same answer uh, with slightly different context. Um, that was really no, my plan. Kidding. I was just going to use different uh, names. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Man, um, I think about uh, when I – this is going back a ways, but when I first was was getting serious about like following and living out my relationship with the Lord, um, it was like early college, like freshman year, and – I would say by sophomore year and junior uh, year, especially like, so I started um, co-leading a Bible study with one of my friends, um, Keith, and uh, we spent a lot of time, like we, we, we brought in, it was a group of like eight or 10 college friends, you know, guys. And uh, it was pretty serious. Like we'd meet weekly and, and had accountability partners as smaller groups as a part of it and and all kinds of stuff. And like, we tried to be really intentional in seeing each other grow. Um, one thing we, we hammered, uh, on was, was shame. Um, and especially shame connected to sexual sin. Um, like looking at porn, uh, all of that stuff that that's so prevalent, man, in our society. And so, normalized in in tv shows and in all media um now even more than it was then that uh that i don't know like i I guess a lot of guys uh especially young guys don't really know like hey this is this is not just a problem for you this is actually something a lot of people deal with and a lot of guys especially really everybody but a lot of guys deal with um so like I remember almost yearly in those groups, which they kind of changed sophomore, junior, senior year because people graduated or decided not to be a part of it or new people came in. But like we would always up front take some time like hitting on it directly like, hey, porn is a huge problem and, and it's not something that's that's OK in in your re- relationship with the Lord like and, and working on bringing each other into to real accountability of like, not just, Hey, did you look at porn? Cause that's like, there's that level of it, but like, man, like, are you, are, are you taking control of your mind and your thoughts? Are you like avoiding watching, you know, movies and things that you know are going to send you down paths you don't want to go down? Like took a lot of time on that stuff and, and we're very intentional with it. And looking back, I'm like, I don't know. Like it was a, it was a really good, thing we did i think um not perfect in our approach but that's okay you know where we all learn together um but yeah man we we always took a lot of time to break that uh that that voice of shame which uh which says like you're in this alone this is just your problem uh you're you're the one who sucks at this and everybody else has it figured out like that's a that's a big piece of shame that that I think is a huge factor of it is like shame wants to keep you quiet and wants to keep you feeling, feeling alone. So when, when you're working with other people, when you're 
building deep trusting relationship with others and discipling others. It's like, it's really important to, to know, first of all, that these struggles aren't, aren't isolated and common to Josh or Andrew or whoever you are, but they are, they're shared things. And, uh, and the, the moment you break that, that lie in your mind that you're the only one dealing with it, whether it be porn or sexual sin or something very different the moment you break that lie and bring it out into the open, the better, you know, that's, that's usually a first major step to breaking a cycle of shame is like, I'm not alone. I don't have to be alone in this. And realistically, I never was. I just believed I was, you know? So, um, does that answer the question? Is that, is that helpful? my oh, man. Yeah, I think so. I think it's good. Um, yeah. And like, maybe this is a, a guy thing. I don't know. I'm not a woman, so I don't know how women think. Um, right, right. But like, I think a lot of our shame does live inside of our sin. Um, and we don't want to share the, the real struggles of our lives because we're afraid of like, what, what are people going to think about us? Um, like, are they still going to want to be my friends, even though they know whatever, whatever the could be a thousand different things, right? Uh, whatever the struggle is. <clears throat> um, but man, this is such a hard, um, like it's easy and it's figuring out like those lies that you like, you constantly believe and maybe they're tied to experiences as well. Like, um, like Andrew, like I struggle with porn, you know, majority of my teenage through young adult life. Um, and, um, even, even in the midst of that struggle, like it's one of those things that like you never, you talked about, but you never really talked about, um, with, with the people around you. Like you got, you talked about it enough to know like, yeah, everybody's in the same boat, but you didn't really deal with the junk of it. Um, and then, you know, at some point something happens, usually like you, you feel like you've crossed a line too far and yeah. you know, what you've participated in or watched or whatever, and it freaks you out. And then you want to make the change in difference and you try to do it on your own. And, you know, I'm guilty of teaching this, like this is how I taught people how to fight it. Cause it's how I fought it. Um, but it was all just self-discipline and, and white knuckling it. And it had nothing to do necessarily with Jesus. It was just, I knew it was bad. So I was going to stop doing it. Um, but now that I live in a different life and a shame free life, meaning talking about the crap of your life that leads you to those things, typically for men, it's control. Like that's yeah. typically why we run, you know, to porn is, you know, we're trying to control something we feel like we can't control. So like talking and dealing with those things and those probably feel like more vulnerable conversations than the porn conversation in all honesty mm -hmm. with Jesus. Um, at least that's been my experience, man. When we get to those places, the, the porn stuff is easy. Um, not saying there isn't temptation for it, but like it, it's different kind of temptation than I've ever experienced. Maybe cause I'm just getting older and you know, my sex drive is different. Maybe that's the real reason, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't play those games anymore and it doesn't feel like a chore to, to right. fight it off kind of thing. No um, man. And pause there for a sec. I think it's with that stuff with Jesus. I think it's probably just that God has like intervened and, and moved in your heart and mind and life over time, you know, and you haven't you haven't lost the understanding you've built, um, but that God has done work in you. And it's like, hey, this that was a struggle for a season. 
it, it still could be if you wanted to slide back into it, but like God's actively working in you and making you a new creation, you know? So it's like, not to say Josh is now perfect or Andrew's now perfect because far from it. Would well, never say yeah, that, but, but it's just different. like, Hey, here's some different struggles to deal with. You know, it's, it's not that one anymore, but guess what? There's going to be plenty of challenges in your life and plenty of places that, uh, that God needs to continue changing. So I just wanted to mention yeah. that. Like, I just think it's God, God's work in, you know, over time more than any other factor is, is what, as maybe no, and, made and, that less of a struggle uh, or not a struggle. Yeah, actually. and I would agree with that, but it's not yeah. it's not magical work. Sure, um, right. I think that's important. Like it's it's work that I've done in conversation and in dealing with things and, and letting go of things and figuring out what the source of certain things were. Like it was that those conversations with Jesus that um, led to freedom in those areas. Without like, sure, I fought a good game doing it on my own. Right. So maybe right. it was easier to get to that place, but um, it like, yeah, it's just a, it's the temptation thing is it's, it's weird. I don't, I don't know how to explain. And I don't want you to think like, well, God just, like, I don't want you to be in the midst of that struggle right now. Um, and you're like, man, if anyone knew the things that, that I engage with, um, like, I, I don't want you to be there and be like, well, God must not love me enough. And he loves Josh right. and Andrew more um, because no, he let Josh and Andrew true. deal with those right. things. Like, that's not the game. Like we shoot, I can give you a laundry list of other sins that, that show up in my life on a regular basis. That isn't, that just isn't that like we all have the laundry list of sins and God's goal isn't necessarily that you stop sinning, right? You're you're a fallen creation um, that he's trying to restore and it's a process and it takes time. um, And it's going to be a process until you take your last breath. But at the same time, like don't, maybe God's working on something else right now. Right. Hmm. Like right. you can only handle so much change in a moment. Right. Um, and exactly. maybe God has something else that's more important that he's dealing yeah. with and working with, with you and engage in those things. Um, like you're going to have active sin in your life while you're walking with Jesus. That's just the reality. Of mm-hmm. it. um, it's yeah. not a, you know, we are a new creation. We have power over those things, but that power is not ours. That power comes from Christ. Um, so yeah. walk with Jesus in the midst of those things to overcome that stuff. Um, and when it starts to seep in where it starts to attack your identity, like that's, that's when things start to get um, um, difficult, like moving yeah. into the next question kind of, cause it, it relates, but in your relationships, can you identify some things that trigger your shame? Like for me, it's the things that trigger like my identity where it starts to affect my identity is, um, my, uh, I, I don't think I'm that smart. I was going to say, I was, I'm, I think I'm stupid, but I don't think I'm stupid. I just don't think I'm that smart, um, compared to others. So like if, if in relationship, in, you don't have to say it. It just it can just come up. Like if you're attacking my intelligence um, about something, like mm-hmm. it can it can show up that way. if I care about it. If I don't care about it, then I'm like whatever. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Right. Um, that can start to to spark uh, shame identity stuff. Um, you know, my weight is another one. Like that's been a struggle mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, so yeah. that's another one that. that can trigger those things, especially in, in terms of relationship, um, like romantic relationship, like that will trigger. Um, yeah. And these go back to the same, you know, particular shame messages that you believe on a regular basis. Now I'm a completely different person than I was even, even just three years ago or five years ago. So like right. these don't trigger like they used to, 
Um, and when they do trigger, like it's a quick conversation with Jesus and you know, it's, it's back to normal. And, and I don't say that to say, look at Josh and how awesome Josh is. I do say that to say you could be here too. Um, yeah. like as you walk with Jesus and learn how to yeah. foster relationship with Jesus and deepen and, and find depth in the midst of that relationship, that it's not just a task that you're completing, but yeah. he's a person that you're engaging with. Like when you get to those places, like you're gonna, like, this is what you get to experience. Um, you're yeah. going to find the same freedom that, that I've found in these areas. Um, just keep, keep pushing in. Like you'll, you'll get there. Um, but I think too often we, um, we hear other people's stories like this and say, I'm never going to experience this. And I'm 100% convinced that you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are kind of the triggering things that, that hit for me um, on a pretty throughout my life on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's good. And thanks for being honest with it. Like that's not easy stuff to, to share, you know, um, for the record, I think you're pretty dang smart. Um, <laughs> I, I do too. Um, <laughs> I do too. Ah, that's funny. But yeah, but I understand you're like, that's a, a point I can get attacked at, you know, or that where shame can start to creep in. Um, mm-hmm. man, well, and dealing I, with that stuff too, yeah. like just to jump yeah. in real quick, because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. wasn't a magical poof. It was gone one day. Like we, I dealt with those things. Like right. that comes from, I'm dyslexic, never diagnosed as dyslexic, but there's no doubt I'm dyslexic. Like yeah, reading yeah. in class, that was like my biggest fear. Like, you know, we used to like Me too. read some book or whatever, and you like switch from person to person, and like you're trying to count sentences ahead, do you know so you know what you're gonna read? And then you try to read like seven times Me and too, hope man. every word yep. in there you know. I never yep. learned the skill of sounding words out. Um, so like I, I know the word or I don't know the word kind of thing. I don't know the whole whatever. I do better now, but it's funnier to tell the story that way. Um, so like there's, it's dealing with that, like talking through G- with Jesus about that stuff that you start to find freedom in these things and start to let them go. Um, they are like, Oh, but I was nine years old in, in those moments. I'm not nine now. Like, sure. There's going right. to be things that you don't know how to do. Right. Um, there's going to be topics that feel overwhelming. Like there's things with work. You're like, man, I'm still, feel like I'm still swimming trying to like figure it out and like the highly technical things of, of my job. And yeah. uh, the reality is we're all in these boats. They're complex things. And the person that wrote the code is freaking smarter than all of us. Yeah. Uh, and then you're in meetings with that person and that person's like, dude, I'm so lost. And you're like, great. If he's lost, we're all lost. We're never <laughs> going to figure this out. Uh, but like you start to, you start yeah. to become comfortable, but it's dealing with those like triggers from your past that, uh, reinforce the worldview early on or reinforce the, the, um, uh, whatever. And for me, it's humor that gets over it. That's what I use. Like I tell the story of, you know, my mom tried hooked on phonics with me and it didn't work. Like yeah, those kind of things. Are, and they're funny. And I'm genuinely, I genuinely think they're funny. I'm not trying to cover up right, um, right. something like I've, I dealt with a thing so I can, I can talk about it this way. It might be shameful to my mom for me to say, um, I shouldn't ask her, but, um, like that's not my intent. Like it's, yeah, it's my way of saying, yeah, shame. You have no place here. Like I've got this, um, or I should say Jesus have taught me how to get right. this, but, um, so right. yeah, like it's dealing with the roots of those things and talking through the roots of those things that we start to find the freedom in these things. Right. Like, man, and I've said this on the podcast before, but like my, my conversations with Jesus are, 
are they feel like counseling sessions in a lot of ways if you've ever experienced yeah. Yeah. counseling before like that's right. how they feel like we're talking about root stuff and um, identity stuff to deal with the you know how those things you know manifest themselves in your life um, in a variety of different ways that they do um, whether it's yeah. relationally or just character stuff that God's working on um, I think too often we jump to the behavior um, mm-hmm. and not deal with the underlying character issues that have to be dealt with and that's just exhausting like to try to maintain a behavior that's not actually attached to your character like or in conflict with your character like that's yeah. a hard that's a hard life to live and it's it ain't worth it if that's where you're mm-hmm. at like that's probably why you feel exhausted and why christianity feels like a chore i'm mean, sure yeah. his burden is light um you know the living right. water that he gives you you'll never thirst again you can live in these places right and those things are true and uh and you know we have an enemy who uh who wants us to not believe those things are true and not live out those things being true at all um and he works through through our our mind as much as he can but he also works through others uh to help reinforce those things um man you were talking about reading i remember uh it was in 5th grade uh where or no 6th grade sixth grade i i wasn't a very good reader um because i (laughs) sorry my daughter's in here now just one moment josh i'll be right back sorry man you're good Uh, apparently she has something to show him from starbucks maybe maybe they got her a drink let's let's as andrew's away probably can still hear us um let's think of the type of drink that andrew would order when he went into starbucks i'm picturing like <laughs> mm, i wish i knew names better i'm picturing like probably a fufui drink i'm gonna right. i'm gonna go like frappuccino <laughs> we're in the frappuccino oh, realm frappuccino um, no he likes coffee no. but you know he doesn't want the coffee strong so maybe like a mocha frappuccino so like a little <laughs> bit of coffee but more chocolatey flavor and then you know to be a little bit more bougie he doesn't right. he doesn't want just regular whipped cream he wants the chocolate whipped cream so they have to actually Ooh. make whipped cream for him Ooh. for his drink by the way if you haven't had chocolate whipped cream from starbucks oh my god i gosh. never have i worked for starbucks for three months and that was the greatest that was the greatest invention i've ever seen I have um, never I had that, chocolate. It was, it was great. Cream, to me. And and now I want to try it. Andrew yeah. definitely definitely has has sprinkles on top of his frappuccino. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, he probably <laughs> even like pulled out the caramel sauce and lined the cup with caramel sauce before they right. dumped his his frappuccino. Totally. And I would say like at least three and a half minutes it takes him to order his drink. That's how long. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a process. It is. How a close process, was I, Andrew? It's a. Uh... <laughs> You were, you know, you and I have been to Starbucks many times, uh, so you know you're not anywhere near close, but I'm just going to say you nailed it. I'm just going to say you nailed it. Yes. Um, yeah. All I wanted. Yeah, man. Also, I've never tried their chocolate whipped cream, but I'm going to. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah. If right, you dude. ask them for it, they're probably like, would you like, screw you, dude. I'm not making this, but Roll sometimes they have it around. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Dude. Um. I was in fifth or sixth grade and uh, and I was in like the literature class and you were talking, I don't, I'm not dyslexic. I just was not good at reading uh, because I had like, I, anyway, I was homeschooled for a while and my mom had this pleasure reading time as a part of each day. It wasn't even that much time, but I remember constantly being like, there's no pleasure in reading and like just not trying at all and doing everything I could to not read. So when I got into like fifth or sixth grade, 
I was not a very good reader and it was my doing, you know, but I had this teacher who had me read a chunk out loud because like you were saying, it was like going around. Everybody would read a few lines, whatever. Um, And I like I was super nervous and and kind of stuttered through it and stumbled through it. And um, man, at the end of it, this this teacher, I don't know if she didn't like me or she was having a bad day or what, but she uh, she made fun of me in front of the whole class. And no uh, way. She sure did. Yeah. She like she was like, wow, that took some time. That took some t- t- time, <laughs> like right in front of the whole what? class. Yeah. Just crushed me, man. Like horrible. And like, I'm I'm glad I don't remember her name because uh, I remember that moment clearly. Definitely be telling everybody right now what her name yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, like, you know, I already felt like bad about not being a great reader. And then I, I felt just deep shame yeah. uh, out of it because I'm like, yeah, you just embarrassed me in front of like my class of 20. Like I feel horrible. That's and crazy. I also kind of hate you in this moment, you know, if I'm being real. Yeah. Um, Understandably. But yeah. So. But like, there's, I think for me, like that type of thing. Yes. That would, that would be a trigger for sure. Another thing would be where I've like, messed up and hurt relationship and, and know I have. Um, and yeah. like, even if there's forgiveness there and, and things have been kind of rectified, like, man, it's hard for me to forgive, uh, myself, um, for things that, that I've done that I know are wrong and hurt, hurt other people or hurt relationships. So I guess that's my yeah. answer. Like one, that story of like that public, um, public shaming that, that sucks. And then, um, yeah, in more practical times that aren't fifth grade me, um, just feeling like I hurt people and and dealing with that, um, you know, it's it's a lot harder for me to forgive myself than it is for me to ask for forgiveness from God, uh, if I'm being honest. So yeah, yeah man, that's good. And too, like, um, it's funny. Like, uh, I have a sibling, and I won't label the sibling, but. Um, that they, they show shame on their face, um, when they're feeling it, <clears throat> um, which is probably actually a, a good thing for them. Cause then they can identify it. But, um, a lot of it has to do with past mistakes. Um, and oftentimes like your past mistakes, especially relational mistakes, like people hold them over you. Um, maybe they don't say them directly, but indirectly they, they, they keep, they keep it alive in you. Um, to deal with their own crap, right? Like that's, that's typically why they're doing it. They're, they have their own harm and, and things that they haven't actually dealt with. And um, yeah. it makes them feel better to keep you in those places. Man, you, you, when you, when you hurt somebody relationally, apologize. Like that's the right thing to do when you feel guilty about doing it. Yeah. Reach out, apologize, make it right. <clears throat> um, the best that you can. But once you've done those things, you're done. Like that's on them at that point. If they can't forgive you, um, if they're going to hold on to those things, like you can't, you can't let that dictate your identity. Um, and you've done your part. Um, and I say all this because shame is so powerful in our lives that if, if you let yourself go down these roads, you're going to get stuck. It's like the victim mentality, right? Like the victim mentality is yeah. so destructive yeah. to your growth as a follower of Jesus. Um, one, you're not a victim. Jesus took care of everything on the cross. Like 
move up, move on from that. Um, but it's the same thing with shame. Like living in these shame messages and these cycles, it, it's going to stunt your growth as a follower of Jesus. Like you're not going to be able to overcome certain things um, because um, they just have a full firm grip on you. Um, and that's a hard, that's a hard place to live. Nobody wants to live in those places. Um, but they're a reality um, for so many of us when we just don't deal with this stuff. And oftentimes it's people trying to put it back on us. Well, you did such and such. And you're like, yeah. And, and I asked for forgiveness and I made it right in the moment. Like if you can't let it go, I, I'm not going to let it go for you. Like that's on you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to take that. It's the whole thing of like, oh man, what's uh we have a buddy. Uh, I don't want to name his name. Uh, Andrew, he was going to make a shirt with this something like, um, damn it. That's going to bother me now. Such a good saying. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. It's I don't receive that. That's what it is. I, I don't, don't receive, receive that. Is that ringing a bell yes. now? Yes. Um, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a good, such a, such a good message. Like, yeah, yep. your shame yep. that you're placing on me. Yeah. I don't, I don't receive I that. reject Sorry. that. <laughs> like, just, be, just because Hard you're pass. in this place doesn't mean I'm yeah. going to. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be in that place. No, thanks. But have a great day. Yeah. Have a great life. Yeah. Uh, like you got to protect yourself in that way. And, you know, and bring it up too. like, especially if it's your spouse that's, that's doing these things with you and to you, like bring it up. Like it's worth yeah. the conversation. And um, yeah. just to be able to say, Hey, when you say these things or when you do these things, like it triggers these shame messages inside of me yeah. and I spiral mm-hmm. like, and I don't, I don't want to. And I right. know I hurt you and I, 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 I did my best to make it right and will continue to do my best to make it right. But the fact that we keep reliving it over and over again isn't helpful to either of us. It's not helpful to you because living in unforgiveness is just as devastating to your growth as, as living in shame. Um, like, don't want to play those games. Um, and it's not the way that Jesus has called us to live this life relationally. So fight them off. Uh, fight them off. Um, not viciously, but with vigor. I think vigor is a word. I may have made that one up. If not, it's a good word. We'll make it. No, vigor is a great word. It just means like. Vigor is, yeah, vigor, vigorous. Totally a word, man. You nailed it. Fight with vigor. That's right. Look at me being smart. I'm just kidding. Dude, (laughs) you are smart. I'm just being being You are. Oh, man. Um, Dude, I I need, I think we should jump in a few minutes, um, but I wanted to, I know the last question is believing that God has given you a brand new shame-free identity. What are some of the reasons you still fear being known by others? We could talk about that, um, but I don't know. Is that is that where, where you think we should take the end of this um, discussion about shame? Because I don't know, I... Like we've talked a little bit about freedom and, and like living into that freedom. And I don't reject, or I don't accept that, you know, kind of rejecting shame that, that others want to put your way. Um, but I don't know, man, what do you think would be like a ra- a fitting way to, to kind of wrap this up? Because shame is a big deal and, and it's a big deal to identify, but, but the, the more life giving and, and, better side of it is is how you embrace freedom in christ um i guess and forgiveness in christ so is that does that bump any thoughts off in your mind yeah like um when you deal with these identity issues and shame's an identity issue um relationship becomes that much easier and that less scary Um, and i say this from experience right like i'm not i shouldn't say that that way I haven't been the majority of my life a highly relational person. Um, 
oftentimes relationships scare me or small talk would scare me because like it speaks to the identity piece of like I'm not smart yeah. enough to engage and you know can't think quick enough to have a, a small talk conversation. I used to like hide it um, in terms of like well I just don't like small talk. I think it's stupid or blah 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 blah. But the reality right. is like right. small talk leads to relationship. Like gotta start right. somewhere. Um, right, gotta start. But in I would convince myself of these things. Ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it is awkward. And both mm-hmm. people think it's awkward. Identify totally. that it's awkward. It's fine. Everyone will be okay and more comfortable when you say, well, this is an awkward conversation. Uh, let's try to make it better. <laughs> let's um, just lean into it. Right? Like together. that's normal. Yeah. And to get to know people like that's normal. Uh, it, it comes with the territory. Um, but I think when you start to deal with these identity things, relationships, not scary as scary anymore, or if scary at all. Um, and you start to look at, at other individuals um, that you're like, oh, I like, especially relationally, like, or, you know, in terms of like um, helping them understand who Jesus is in their life and the opportunity that there's a better way to live this life. It doesn't have to be exhausting. Um, like I get excited about those things. Like I used to struggle, like who, who do I want to invest in next? Like who, who do I have, you know, peace with that I could actually have an opportunity to disciple um, well. Um, and now I don't struggle with finding those people like not because like they're showing up in terms of like, um, um, like, you know, poof, God has brought you this individual, but like now it's just like your eyes are open to it. And you're like, Oh man, the way this guy's living his life, I could give him such a better way to live his life. I'm gonna start building a relationship with this guy and see if I can get some voice um, and, and teach him right. a better way totally. of doing it. Cause I've experienced it. Right. Like, but it came from dealing with the identity stuff inside of you um, and, and the shame cycles and messages um, dealing with these things that, that start to get you more open open with people like i've had this thought recently and this may piss off our female listeners i don't know um women get the label of being more relational um and they are to some extent but i think it's fake relationship in most of their relationships um especially in the church and you know you think of like women's ministry are like yeah we we talk about but they don't really talk about real things um like they talk about, they play the game of like, I'm going to give you enough. So we feel like friends, but we're like, you don't really know the real me. Hmm. Um, and guys do this differently than women. I'm not like picking on women, but like, I, I say this to say this, men can do really deep relationship really well as well. Um, it shows up differently. It starts differently. Um, but you know, yeah. women don't get to hold on to that title forever. I'm fighting. Uh, that men are going to have the title as well, that we all do relationship nice. extremely well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've said this before, but Christians should be the you know expert relational people on, on this planet. Right. There should be nobody better on this planet that do relationship better than us. Um, that sounded like I was attacking women and I wasn't. I was just trying to prove a point about men and I used you. I, I stomped on you a little bit to prove <laughs> that point. And for that, I do apologize. Um, actually, there's an apology I have to make from, from last week too. I forgot. Oh no. Uh, I wow. wrote this in the notes and then never did it. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking. It's been two weeks, guys, so I don't remember right, now. Right. I should have listened to the podcast so I can apologize properly, but I didn't. Um, but uh, I think I started to speak. We were talking about relationship and doing relationship with friends and yeah. what keeps you. Maybe I can find the question. What keeps you? Uh, how do you become? I think we're talking about how do you become a trustworthy person for your close. I don't remember what it was. But yeah. I'd started to speak about a personal issue that I'm having with a friend of mine. Um, mm. 
And I don't think it was, I, I started to speak like it was a general thing and I don't think mm. it was general. I think it was specific to this relationship that I had and it mm. wasn't fair to my friend. It wasn't fair to you. Cause I don't think everything I said in that, in that, um, was actually yeah. true. Yeah. Um, from a general perspective, I think it was specific to that relationship and I yeah. was taking shots and that wasn't, that wasn't right of me. So I do apologize for that. And now if you didn't listen to the episode, you're like, what is Josh talking about drama? I'm going back and watching, the, <laughs> listen to the other episode. By all means, please do um, get those. Listens pulling up you back we in. We're pulling you back in. Uh, it was but all a strategy. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, and yeah. Hey, let me, let me just say like, in building relationship, in building trust, I'm sure whether you're male or female, doesn't matter. Um, like, own it and apologize when you mess up. Like, be quick to apologize. Um, and and not just so you, like, get your guilt alleviated of, like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But, like, to apologize sincerely and be like, hey, I, I wasn't right in how I did that. Maybe it wasn't even a big deal to you, but it really mattered to me. And and I wanted to apologize. I won't do that again. You know, like make things right. And like we talk, like I, we open by talking about like shame that comes from um, like sexual sin or or really any type of shared similar sin like that. Um, that that starts with this voice of like. No, you're alone. Like it's just you. You're the you're the messed up one. Nobody else is is dealing with this. It's it's not a problem for others. It's a problem for you. Well, a perfect way to break that is to apologize and own your own any way that you are failing in relationship. You know, just own it and, and be quick to apologize for it because guess what? That humanizes you to other people and makes you like, "Oh, they're not just like thinking they're perfect and I'm messed up. They're, they're willing to admit where they're not perfect. You know, that's a good place to start. And, and if we're going to serve a God who, who is full of forgiveness and grace, like we talk about and we need to be quick to go to him and confess our sins, you know, confess, confess how we need him to intervene in our lives and where we're falling short. And if we're going to be in deep relationship with others, with people, we need to be just as quick to be like, hey, I messed up, Josh. I messed up, friend. I messed up, you know, spouse. Like, can you forgive me um, and and own it and do that sincerely? Um, not to alleviate your guilt, but to but to build relationship in a real way um, and to try to learn from it. Because, man, we're human. We've got a lot to learn. <laughs> you know, we are fallen, even though we're being made into a new creation. You know, uh, it's a paradox, but but it's one that God God yeah. uses this life to teach us how to be more like him and how to live uh, as the people he wants us to live, to be kingdom bringers, you know, in, in this life. And uh, I don't know, it's not easy, but but that's a good way to start is like maybe a practical step is if you know you've messed up in relationship recently and you haven't gone to that person and apologized sincerely figure out how to go do that soon you know start there like that humanizes you more than you know if you don't if you don't already know it it's a it's a really good place well to and the start. crazy thing yeah and the crazy thing about apologies is like people are at least my experience especially people you don't like do relationship with regularly like maybe a coworker or something like that like when you apologize to those people, it's, it's surprising to them because it's not normal yeah. behavior. Um, so like, because it's surprising them, you get more, you get more influence with them 
um, like you have, you have a little bit more relational collateral with them and, and have a little bit more favor with them than you did before. Um, because you just chose to do the right thing, which Jesus calls us to and fix relationship and apologize. And genuinely apologize. Don't, don't do that. Those half apology bullshit. Um, like be, a, be, let it be a real apology people. Yeah. Um, make it genuine. Games, but let it be real. Let it be real. Yeah. It will, it will help lead to deeper relationship and it will, will break shame uh, in others at the same time. For sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, Hey, that was conversation number eight. Number eight. Uh, we got two more of these conversations. Ocho. Join us hopefully next week. Uh, hopefully we don't we don't miss something. Um, but hey, thanks for for listening, Andrew. Love you, my brother. Love you, my man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.